Hello, everyone. You're laughing at me. I'm on crutches on uh, uh, New Year's Day, five minutes before I was, went on holidays. I rolled my foot on the bottom step, landed badly, tore a ligament, cracked a bone in my foot, and I'm, I'm kind of out for six weeks, at least from driving and things. Uh, I'm not feeling any pain, you need to know that. My foot's locked into a boot. It's quite minor on the range of things that happen to your feet, but I thought I'd better just mention it to note the elephant in the room. Let me pray. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, the Word who became flesh. We thank you that when we see him, we know you. And we pray for the questions that people have, that we may leave here rejoicing in your Son. Amen. Well, we're in a series that we've called Asking for a Friend, a summer series thinking about different questions that people ask, apologetic kind of questions. And our question this morning is this, are religions just figments of human imagination? I wonder how you would answer that question if someone asked you at a dinner party. Uh, I think the, quest the question might hit us in different ways. It actually may be your personal question that deep in your quiet place, you have a nagging doubt about the existence of God. You've heard others say that the Bible's just full of fairy tales. How can we believe this stuff? And so maybe this is a question for you to think a little bit more about or hear what the Bible has to say about it. Uh, more certainly is, it'll be a question of your family, friends and neighbours, people in your circuits who don't believe that God exists. Uh, I've been challenged by this question in many and various ways with different people that I've bumped into. I was reflecting in preparation of a few moments in my life where I've been wrestling with this with others. Uh, by year 11, I was a keen Christian, uh, according to age and stage, at Hunters Hill High School. I was in a small ISCF group that we met, and uh, we had a season of putting posters up in the uh, canteen to uh, you know, talk about Christian things. No Jesus, no life. No Jesus, no life. N-O-K, no, you know, tricky and clever things like that. And I discovered in that time that my, uh, a few of my good friends formed what they called the Rational Thought Society, and they started putting up anti-posters to our Christian posters, which I actually think in the long run gave our posters much more interest. People were seeing what would happen next. So for a long time, even since my high school days, I've had good friends who have said, uh, we don't think there is a God, but let's wrestle with that topic. When we're in Perth, as a parent of primary school children, I became friends with some of the dads. Two of the dads in particular were committed atheists, 
And uh, I would describe them as friendly atheists. Sometimes you find grumpy ones on social media. But one of them would say to me you know, every so often, I like what you Christians do. I just don't believe in the God that you do it for. So at least he saw something. I remember one of the other dads, our kids' school, did a lot of camps for each year group and parents were along. I was looking, we were looking up at uh, uh, Southwest WA, a brilliant star sky, sky. One of my uh, atheist dad friends said, look at the marvel of the universe. And I remember I said, Look at the marvel of the God who made the universe. And we had a bit of a chuckle and a wrestle and moved on. Uh, not all my moments were as friendly as that. A few years ago, I was evicted from the Sydney Uni Atheist Society Facebook chat group for questioning, <laughs> for questioning the grounds of their unbelief. And uh, I found that social media has become a lot more feral these days. So in my maturity and age, I've withdrawn from those kind of wrestles. So how do you respond to this question? Are religions just figments of human imagination? Uh, I've got two parts to this talk this morning. The first part, I want, to, I want you to feel the weight of the question through the voices of those who are asking this kind of question. And the second thing I want you to do is to feel the weight of the Bible's answer, which says God has made himself known to us in the person of Jesus. Uh, let's feel the weight of the question first. Again, a few years ago, I, I, met a guy, I was talking to a guy at a party. I find that being a pastor is a 50-50 kind of experience. Some people say, oh, you're a pastor in a church. Oh, I've just got to go and help in the kitchen. See you later. But some people actually say, I've got a question I've always wanted to ask someone like you. And this guy was like that. And I, I wrote down what he said in my notes that I keep. He said, all religions are just figments of human imagination, especially Christianity. Supernatural bits in the Bible aren't trustworthy. They've just made up by the followers of Jesus to meet a need for them to believe. What right does Christianity have to claim to be the exclusive way to God? You've got to be careful what you say to me at a party. It ends up in a sermon a few years later. <laughs> uh, maybe you have friends that have had that conversation because it, it reminds us, the secular skeptic says this, religions are figments of human imagination. And in my experience, Christianity is often in the crosshairs of that kind of criticism. Uh, it's not hard to find provocative quotes from the so-called new atheists who've had a fair bit of press in the last few years, though I think their influence is waning a little, as some of them have been in caught in bad behaviour situations as well. The movement of the new atheists with people like Christopher Hitchens, Richard Dawkins, Dan Dennett, Sam Harris and many others. It's Richard Dawkins who's easy to find provocative quotes about this kind of topic. He wrote the book, The God Delusion, and here's one of his quotes. God is a delusion. 
a psychotic delinquent invented by mad, deluded people. The, uh, the new atheists have a pretty provocative kind of style and they do want to confront people of faith to think about these things. Lawrence Krauss is a cosmologist in that kind of crowd. And I, uh, his quote caught my eye. You are all stardust. You couldn't be here if the stars hadn't exploded because the elements, the carbon, the nitrogen, the oxygen, the iron, all things that matter for evolution and for life weren't created at the beginning of time. They were created in a nuclear furnaces of stars. The only way for them to get into your body is if those stars were kind enough to explode. So forget Jesus, the stars died so that you could live. Now, why am I reading these kind of turkeys out? Uh, it's because I want you to feel the weight of their question. Maybe you have family or friends uh, who ask these kinds of questions or take these kinds of positions. Maybe it's one that you have in your own heart that you're working through. Uh, it's worth noting that the so-called new atheists... Uh, there's nothing new about them, but they really stand on the shoulders of the old atheists of the 18th century. And if we had more time, we could talk about the rise of the Enlightenment as the foundation of our Western scepticism that we're living with at the moment. Uh, around 1831, Ludwig Feuerbach uh, critiqued religion and the Christianity of his day. Uh, his critique goes like this. There is no God, is his first assumption. But lots of people believe in God. Why? Because they want consolation. So they project or objectify their longings and call this God. So this non-existent God is simply the projection of human longings. And I want you to feel the weight of this kind of critique uh, because it's really formed the backbone of Western scepticism that we're living the fruits of in the days that we live. Uh, all religions are the same, the product of human imagination. And Feuerbach himself applied it to the Christianity of his day. And like the new atheists, the old atheists were militant against the idea of religion, and they saw it as an evil. Uh, I think it's worth saying at this point, religion is not the source of all evil, but humans are. That's a good question to ask in another summer series down the line. And it's also worth noting Ludwig Feuerbach was the teacher of a young Karl Marx. You might have heard of him, who came up with his own critique of religion. All I can give you is sound bites. But Mark, Karl Marx said, religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of a heartless world, just as it is, just as it is the spirit of the spiritless situation. It's the opium of the people. The abolition of religion as the illusory happiness of the people is required for their real happiness.
And uh, we can hear how his thoughts impact on the communist nations of our world even today. In the next generation, Sigmund Freud provided a uh, psychological critique of religion. And he argued, uh, having grown up with Jewish parents in a heavily Roman Catholic town, that religion is an attempt to get control over the sensory world in which we are placed by means of the wish world, which we have developed inside us as a result of biological and psychological necessities. So the secular critique of religion is that religion is merely a construct of human imagination to bring us consolation in this present life. Now, I want you to feel the weight of the question through those who have put it in more formal terms through these last 200 years. They ask the hard question of Christianity. Is Christianity just uh, the figment of religious imagination? Now, if you were at the dinner party, how would you respond to the question Maybe you've had that kind of conversation. I want to change tack and suggest to you it's surprising to know that uh, Christianity agrees with the secular critique of other religions. Thousands of years before these grumpy men had their thoughts and writings, the Bible writers were making the same critique of the religions of their day. Uh, I can take you to Moses in 1400 BC, who critiqued the Egyptian gods and the Canaanite gods. You shall have no other gods before me, Moses wrote. And elsewhere, the gods of the nations are no gods at all. If a prophet or one who foretells by dreams appears among you and announces, let us follow other gods, gods you have not known, let us worship them. You must not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer. Around 700 BC, the prophet Isaiah critiqued the religion of, his, uh, of the nations of his day, the Assyrians and the Babylonians. Isaiah writes, all who make idols are nothing and the things they treasure are worthless. Those who would speak up for them are blind. They are ignorant to their own shame. Who shapes a God and casts an idol which can profit him nothing? In 50 AD, the Apostle Paul critiqued the religion of the Greco-Roman world. Romans chapter 1. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and created things rather than the creator. So it's a great irony that the early Christians were often referred to as the atheists for not believing in the pantheon of the Greco-Roman gods. And as one small example of a Christian leader, in 150 AD, Justin Martyr, one of the leaders of the Christian church, wrote this, Hence are we Christians called atheists. We confess that we are atheists, 
so far as the gods of this sort are concerned, but not with respect to the most true God, the father of righteousness and temperance and other virtues, who is free from impurity. So we feel the weight of the question. Are all religions figments of human imagination? The atheist says there is no God. Their Christian says there is no God but Yahweh, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Other religions are figments of human imagination. Now, at this point, if you're thinking this through, you'd be right in asking the question, if Christianity agrees with the atheist critique of other religions, isn't Christianity condemned by that same critique? Isn't Christianity just another product of another human imagination? Uh, Peter Fitzsimons famously debates Christians around Sydney. At one debate with uh, Simon Smart of CPX, he said, there have been 10,000 gods through history. You reject 9,999 of them. I just go one God further. That's the nature of the question and the debate that we're in. Now, before we can turn to the weight of Christianity's answer, I think it's worth uh, exploring and, and noting the tension of the debate. There is a problem in the dialogue that secular uh, worldview has with those who hold a Christian worldview. Uh, on one hand, the secular world presumes there is no God, either ideologically driven by the kind of atheists we've, we've heard a little bit about, or more likely by the practical atheists who live as if there is no God and tick no religion on their census box. It's a hard conversation then, in contrast to Christianity, where we begin with the presumption there is a God who made the world and he came to us in the person of Jesus. And if you think about the dialogue of those two worldviews as a Venn diagram, I want to suggest that the two worldviews come together at one point. And that point is the person of Jesus. And so as we think about having these conversations with different worldviews, in the past, Christians have gone to uh, classic proofs for the existence of God. But I want to suggest to you that the point the Bible says, have a look at Jesus. And so I want to sharpen our original question. Is Jesus just a figment of human imagination? How would you answer that at the dinner party with your friends? The Bible wants to say, God has made himself known to us through the person of Jesus. Jesus Christ breaks into history so that we may see God and know God in him. And this is really the weight of the answer that I want you to feel. Christianity asks the hard question back to the secular skeptic. Is Jesus really a figment of human religious imagination? The Bible writers say no. And let me share with you some of them. 
Uh, my favourite verse uh, we've already heard read out for us is Peter, 30 odd years as a pastor, writing to the churches that he's planted and cared for. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, Peter writes, We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, I hope you begin to feel the weight of the answer that Christianity brings to these kinds of questions. They're not fairy tales. They're not cleverly invented stories out of human need for uh, hope and acceptance. But we saw Jesus with our own eyes, says Peter. John and his gospel says Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. These are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that by believing you might have life in his name. Or uh, John in his first letter, I love how it starts, that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at, which we've touched with our hands. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We've seen it. We testify to it. We proclaim uh, uh, to you eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. The apostles who were with Jesus, who saw Jesus, who heard Jesus, I really want to say who smelt Jesus, but I'm not sure how appropriate that is, who ate with Jesus, who saw him die and saw him rise, these are the witnesses of those on which the testimony of Christianity is founded. Is Jesus a figment of human imagination? No. He's a man in history, God in the flesh, who has come to show us what God is like, his father, and bring us back to him. Uh, when Luke writes in his gospel, he said, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Luke himself was not an eyewitness, but he talked to the eyewitnesses and wrote it down. And he talked to Paul and heard about Jesus. Therefore, says Luke, I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning. It seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. And in Acts, Luke writes, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you have crucified, whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven and earth given to men by which we must be saved. Can you feel the weight of the Bible's answer? 
God has made himself known to us in the person of Jesus. We heard him. We saw him. We touched him. We ate with him. We saw him die and we saw him rise. Christianity is grounded on the witness of the apostles to the majesty of Jesus. They wrote it down for us so that we may know God through him. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The secular skeptic would say, yes, Jesus is a figment of human imagination. Christopher Hitchens on Jesus said, there is nothing that can be believed in the gospel accounts. But the apostles said, we saw Jesus, his majesty. And we've written it down so that you may believe and see what we saw through the gospel written down. Now, as we think about this question in our own context, I think the average Aussie is far less thought out than some of these clever German atheist thinkers and philosophers. But more of our neighbours are ticking, I'm not religious, in the, in the uh, census. About 64% of Australians believe in some kind of higher power, and that's slowly dropping down. The Christian church has Jesus. And so as Christians, we operate with our worldview, taking the opportunity we have to say, come and see Jesus, his majesty, his work, his life, his death, his teaching, his resurrection, his ascension. Is Jesus really a figment of human imagination? The early witnesses say no. He's a living Lord. Come and follow him. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And this year, in 2024, we should give him a deeper look. Amen. Let's respond to what we've heard in song.